I love God's presence. I love his presence. And he kind of messes me up sometimes because I think I've got something to preach. And sometimes I just want his presence to be around and to touch us. Because I've learned, I've watched, I've listened, and I've seen lots of things happen. And so many times we do things without the power of the Holy Spirit affecting us, flowing through us, touching us. And our effect is limited. It may have some positive effect. It may have some positive effect, but it's not lasting and it's not deep. So this morning as I preach, I'm just going to ask, before I preach, I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. And that your hearts would be open and that your hearing would be acute and sensitive and the Holy Spirit would come and he would just touch you this morning. Amen? Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, just come now as we take a few moments to look in your word that you would just cause us to grow, to hear, to see things that we wouldn't have never seen before. Lord, I ask for every individual here to get a revelation of you this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Before we get into the sermon, I'd like you to turn to Isaiah. Pastor Daniel went on this verse, and I actually had it in my preliminary notes, and then as I was refining my sermon, I, I took it out because I just wasn't 100% sure, but I'd like you to go to Isaiah 61. It's also seen in Luke chapter 4, and of all the verses in the Word of God, this is probably one of the bedrock verses of solid rock. There's many, obviously the word of God complete, but sometimes there's some things that just seem to resonate within. And I would suggest to you that this passage is one of the ones that I've probably heard more sermons on this passage than I've heard on any other passage in Solid Rock. And I just want to read a few verses this morning, and then I want to jump into the, the thoughts that God has given me. But I want you to see the power of the Spirit of God. I want you to see the importance of the Spirit of God. Moses, when they were getting ready to go into the promised land, God got so frustrated with the children of Israel, he said to him, he said, Moses, you, know what? you go ahead and I'll send my angels in there with you. I'm just not going. But you'll, have, you'll be protected and you'll go. And Moses... I, can, I cannot imagine these conversations. He says, no, I'm not going without you. He says, without your presence, I'm not going. That's powerful. Because you can know this, you can know that, you can understand this, you can apply that. But if you don't live with the presence of God in your life and the power of the Holy Spirit active inside of you, some of the things that you will do, many of the things you will do, will fall flat, will hit a spot, they'll go like this, and all of a sudden they'll stop. Why? Because the power of God is the difference maker in our life. The power of God. As a one commercial would say, don't leave home without him. So I want you to, to see this passage in Isaiah 61. This is not in my notes, but I was um, reminded of it this morning. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Now this is prophetic, talking of Jesus. 
But as Jesus left and as he was commissioning his disciples, he said, the things I do, you're going to do. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we can see some of the application here and we can say, you know what, I'm going to claim and I'm going to grab and I'm going to hold on to those things. And that's what I'm going to pursue. It says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. This is part of your commission. This is an expectation you can have with the Holy Spirit blowing over you, flowing over you, anointing you. And what does anointing mean? It means to smear with oil. Not a little dab will do you, but a whole pile. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. There's some of you here that your heart breaks when you see someone else's heart break. News flash. That's maybe something the Spirit of God's doing inside of you so you can start seeing their broken hearts be mended. That's a ministry that God has. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives. If you're here stuck in a captive mindset, I'm here to tell you, you're free. If you're here stuck as a captive to what other people have said to you, I'm here to tell you that Jesus has made you free today. Amen? I know people, I know somebody that is much older than I am, that somebody said something to them 20, 30 years ago, and they lived according to what that person said, and it kept them captive. I'm here to proclaim liberty to you. I'm here to proclaim liberty to you. To f- and freedom to prisoners. You're free. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And if you go to Luke 4, 18 and 19, Jesus takes the scroll and he reads that. So this morning I want to tell you, the Spirit of the Lord, he's upon me, but he's also upon you. And so you can expect to move, to operate, to function, and you can expect sometimes your heart to break when you see things. When you see somebody that's limited because somebody else has put them in jail or captivated them and put, made them a captive or a prisoner, you have the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to set them free and to proclaim liberty. Amen? Amen? Thank you, Willem. I love it. Children have an ability to read something and shout amen at the same time. As we get older, we just, multitasking leaves us. If you could turn, I want to get into Philippians 1. We've been spending a lot of time on what God is birthing or birthing season, and I'm not sure that I'm quite finished with that yet. So I want to spend a little bit more time, and it might be a few weeks. It may be longer. Um, One person has told me they felt it might be something for the year. I'm not 100% sure. But I want to spend a little bit of time talking this morning about birthing. And I want to see what has God birthed in you. So if you go to Philippians chapter 1, Paul is writing to the Philippian church, and he says, For I'm confident 
of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Have you ever wondered if you're going to make it? Don't, that's, yeah, that's not a good spot to say amen. That's not a good spot to raise your hand. But have you ever wondered, am I actually going to make it? I've had days when I've just said, Lord, I, I, help me. I've had days when it's just like the despair has been real. And if you know me, I'm a very positive guy. I'm positive about that. And, and I, I found myself struggling with some thoughts or some mindset that I'd never had to deal with in my 50 years of life. And all of a sudden, I had to deal with things, and I had to have some real serious conversations with Jesus, with God, and the Holy Spirit. And what I found was the deeper I felt the, the hurt, the further that went, the greater that emotion came upon me, what I found was the only solution was running to him. I, I had no other option. I knew I had to go to him. And so this morning, as, as I read this passage, I want to talk to you just for a few minutes about what has God birthed in you. And I want to encourage you today. I want to build you up, and I want to give you some thoughts. And as we read the Word of God, it says that faith comes by hearing. I want you to hear God's Word so that your faith will be built up. So I want to take just a few minutes and look at this one verse and I want to see about four or five things out of this one verse that God just showed me as I was looking at it in the last couple days. For I'm confident. I'm confident. I can stand here and tell you, I'm confident of this very thing. You might not be. Paul was writing to people, and quite often when we write letters to people, it might be because they might not quite be there. So I'm here to tell you today, I'm confident of this very thing. You can argue with me all you want. And that stubborn Dutchman inside of me will just keep saying, no, I'm confident of this one thing. I'm confident of this very thing. I'm confident that he who began a good work in me will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. I'm confident. I'm confident. I'm confident that every single one of you, God has put something inside of you. He's caused something to be awakened or caused to be alive. And you might be looking at it and going, I'm not sure. What about this? Boy, this has taken a little longer than I expected. We may think that, but I'm here to tell you that if he started it, he will complete it. We live in a microwave society. Drive-through deliverance, they call it. I mean, I, 
I love drive-thrus, except when they don't get me all my fries. But I love drive I love to be quick and move. But sometimes the things of God take a little longer than a three-minute drive-thru appearance at Starbucks. Sometimes he's developing something inside of you that you might have thought should have happened five years ago. I'm here to tell you, Joseph was, it's approximately 20 years from the time Joseph started to the time that he actually saw his brothers and the famine ended, or the famine started. Over, it's about 20 years. David, he was anointed king three times. The first time he was just a kid. Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. Look to the sky. How many stars do you see? I can't count them. That's going to be your children. Look at the sand on the seashore. How many? Can you count them all? I can't count them. Well, that's going to be your descendants. And then it was like, I don't know, it was 20, 25 years? I'm 52. That's like half my life. And I can't handle it if it's over six minutes. But I'm here to tell you, I am confident. I'm confident that he who began it will complete it. So I want you to see a few things here. You might have a dream, but it's God that birthed it. And I'll show you in the scriptures ample proof of that. Mary, God birthed something in her. She didn't even have a clue. David, God birthed something in him. Noah, it took him like 120 years to build the ark. My goodness. Can you imagine going to work for 120 years to the same place? I mean, they didn't have Home Depot. At least the archaeologists haven't found it. When God births something in you, I'm here to tell you, it's His plan. It's not your idea. It's His plan. Some of you have dreams to do some great things for God. I'm here to tell you, that's not your idea. That's His plan for what he wants for you to do. Think about that. Some of you, when you see an injustice happen, it causes you to get angry. That's not a bad thing. What that is, is that's what God has birthed inside of you. And I'm here to tell you, he birthed it. Don't think you came up with this great idea. I struggle with that all the time because I sometimes think I came up with a great idea. And then it falls flat. He's like, oh, that was really splendid, David. Really good. It may be your dream, but it's his plan. So I want you to see what began in you is not of your doing. It says, he who began. 
When you accept Christ, when you become into his family, there's something that happens inside of you that comes alive, and it's he who began that work. And I'm so thankful that it's him because then if something goes off the rails, I go back to him and I find out, did I do something? Or is this just a matter of waiting? Someone bigger than you is in your life. Have you ever tried to control things? Man. There are times when I'm a control freak. And man, it's like, that's like Comedy Central. It's like trying to, it's like the guy, the guy putting his finger in the dike and then another hole pops up and another hole. And actually you can only do two or three holes and then your fingers can't reach. In your life, there's somebody bigger in your life than you. When I say that, what God births in you is often impossible for you. And what God births in you is often possible for you. It's a funny tension. Noah could build the ark, but that was an impossible task. Mary could carry baby Jesus but I would suggest to you that had never happened before. Talk about the definition of impossible. Abraham, it says he counted himself as dead. And God says, no, because I'm birthing something, literally birthing something inside of you. So do not be surprised if what God births inside of you at the same time looks impossible and possible. And don't get hung up on the impossible because if you look at the first two letters of the word impossible, it says, I am possible. So don't get hung up on the impossible. Engage it. Welcome it. Embrace the impossible. Have the craziest idea that you just might say, guess what? We're just going to see what God does here. We're just going to see what he will do right now. The impossible. And at the same time, when you're struggling with that, God will give you ideas that the impossible looks possible. Amen. That is not impossible. I have four of them. Oh, I never said that. What began in you is not of your doing. Next thing I want you to see is there's something that has started in you. I believe every believer has a purpose and a destiny in their life. Because when you get connected with the Holy Spirit, when you get hooked up with the Holy Spirit, it says greater is he than is in you than he that's in the world. You have, sit down for this one, you have 
an unfair advantage in life. He's called Holy Spirit. It says in John, he'll lead you. He'll guide you. He'll direct you. He'll teach you. Can you imagine this? Think about this. You've got a business meeting coming up. You've got a setting where you're going to present something to people. And you take five minutes. Count them. Five minutes. To sit down with God and say, Holy Spirit, would you lead me, direct me, and guide me? I'm here to tell you that I am confident that he can do that. And you can walk into that meeting with some creative ideas that you didn't have six minutes before. Why? Because I believe you have an unfair advantage. And if you've ever gotten around me, if I can get an advantage, I'll take it. Especially when it's Holy Spirit. I heard of a guy sat down with this gentleman. This, this gentleman was prophetic. And he sat down for breakfast one day and this, the waiter just seemed to be a little bit off. And he looked at her and he said, tomorrow morning. And he says, what's the matter? And she said, I had a bad dream and I don't remember it. The guy looks at her and he says, tomorrow morning, I'll come back here and I'll tell you the dream. And now this guy is still alive. So this wasn't 70 years ago. This was in the last maybe 10, 15 years. And the next morning, that gentleman came back to the breakfast table, sat down, the, 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 the um, waitress was there, and he told her the dream. Why can that happen? Because we have an unfair advantage. He's called Holy Spirit. And he's the smartest person in the room. So if you're going to stand beside somebody, why not pick the smartest person? Like, I'm just throwing something out there. Like, if I'm going to do it, I might as well stand beside the guy that's smartest and say, teach me. Give me, give me one thought today that was revolutionary. I heard one pastor preach, and he said, when you deal with the Holy Spirit, what you're dealing with is somebody who knows your future. So if he knows your future, because you don't know your future. Some of you don't even know why you did what you did. But he knows your future. So if the Holy Spirit knows my future, who better to talk to than him? So in the morning, take five minutes, sit down, and just say, Holy Spirit, you've started a good work in me. What's going to happen today? Don't ask him for the lottery numbers. I have. He hasn't given them to me. Talk to him. Say, what do you want to do today? I've done this. I'm doing things today I've never done before. And I've sat down and I've said, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. And all of a sudden he says, do this, David. Check this out. And it's like light bulb. That's not me. 
That's Holy Spirit. And that's who you have deposited living inside of you. And so when Paul writes, I'm confident of this very thing, that he who started, he who began a good work in you, will complete it. He's somebody bigger than you. Hmm. Joseph said, you guys thought it for evil. God meant it for good. He started something. He completed it. Esther. Mordecai comes up to her and he says, maybe you were just born for such a time as this. God places you in places. Holy Spirit directs your steps. The Holy Spirit will guide you and lead you. And all of a sudden, you're going to find yourself in a place and you're going to go, I didn't plan this. I didn't expect this. And, and what's going to happen? You're going to have this memory. He who started a good work in me is going to complete it. He didn't bring me this far to leave me. He directs my steps. He plans up. He, it says even, don't worry about the things you're going to say because when people ask you questions and interrogate you, he says, I'm just going to give you the answer. Now, don't do that for a math quiz. Right, Cleo? Y equals MX plus B. Being confident of this very thing, that he who began, here's another one for you, a good work. You can be confident that the things God starts in you are good things. Good things. Quit complaining that your troubles are from God and, 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 and start just saying, Lord, you're the one who gives good things. If you say, that, that's not biblical. No, it says he likes to give his children good things. He says, if you as a parent, as a father, know how to give your, good, your children good things, just think how much more your heavenly father. And he's into things. He's into things. Sometimes we over-spiritualize it. Well, it only can be something that brings him glory. No, everything you do should bring him glory. So yesterday I was driving on an ATV with my grandson. That's something that God gave me. That's a good thing. And it's not a brand new one. Not yet. When it talks about a good thing, it also means of moral excellence. You and I should be the greatest people of integrity the world ever sees. I'm sick and tired of believers who make excuses for cheaping and, and doing something to their boss to get away with something. That's not biblical. I should be the best employee for my boss. I should be the first one that comes to his mind when he says, who can I trust? If he says it, he'll do it. And conversely, if I'm the boss, I should be the one that my, my people who work for me say, I don't want to work for anybody else but him because he treats me well, he takes care of me, he protects me, and he watches over me. Moral excellence. Be a person of integrity. That was a good place for an amen. I'll say it again. Be a person of integrity. If you said you'd do it, do it. If you said it was this much, 
Don't change the scales and don't change the weight and say it's this, it was this much. Even if that's to your own hurt because your God, Heavenly Father, looks down and he says that's a person of integrity. And there's moral excellence in what God gives you. I don't believe in flaky Christians. I don't believe in fruitcakes and nuts either. When God comes into your life, it's for something better. God encounters our improvements. The Holy Spirit is touching you, talking with you, fellowshipping with you. It's to make you better. It's like the home improvement show. The Holy Spirit improvement. It's a good thing. It's a good work. God wants to produce something in you and through you. He does not want you to sit on the couch and become a couch potato. He wants you to be active in his kingdom. You don't act, you don't act and you don't do things to get his approval. You do things because you're approved by him. I I have a hard time with believers who are just saying, well, I, I, I don't want to get into a works program. You know what? He works for me. I'm not looking at getting into works to earn his, his favor or earn this. Or in, I'm, I'm, I, I'm accepted. My father, I didn't do anything to be into his family. My father and mother, they just birthed me. I don't do anything to make my dad more proud of me. But I certainly do things because I love him and care for him and what he's done for me. So be a person of integrity. Be a person who does something for the kingdom. That was another place for an amen. I got to work on you. Maybe, maybe I'll have, every time, every time I do this, Cora, just push amen on there and everybody will get it or something like that. God wants to work in your life. God wants to work in your life. Don't be surprised if things get uncomfortable. And, and why? Because he's working on you. He's not satisfied with me where I am today for what he wants me to do tomorrow. I've got to get closer to him because tomorrow he's got something greater and something more. He is progressive. God is not regressive. He's progressive. He's more. He's more. He's increased. He's more. He's abundant. When he subtracts, he's actually adding. When he divides, he's actually multiplying. So don't be surprised if things get uncomfortable with you because maybe he's producing something in you and a work is happening inside of you that he says, I want you to be a part of what I'm doing. Are you picking up what I'm laying down? There's a vibe in here, Monique. There's a vibe. It's a good work. Here's something else for you. I'm confident he'll complete it. And what I find interesting is he completes it at the end. In other words, my whole life should be a life of greater more increase 
And I should never come to the part where I say, I'm finished, I'm done. Paul says, I finished my course and now is laid up for me a crown in heaven. There's no retirement in God's kingdom. He starts it. And the last time I checked, he hasn't come back yet. That means I'm somewhere between there and there, and I'm going in this direction. And I would humbly submit to you, so are you. Hmm. A God encounter. Every time God encounters you, it's for an improvement. I'm confident of this thing that he who began a good work in you will complete it. I'm going to say something here from a pastor's heart. Nothing breaks my heart more than I would see believers who struggle with something and then they stop coming to God's house. They withdraw. They pull back. They hide. I want to encourage you, if you're going through something, keep going. Keep going. Don't stop. Keep going. Because he who begun a good work in you will complete it. Can I hear an amen? Every time God encounters you, it's for your good. It may seem negative. It may be a spanking. It may be a correction. It may be, uh, get your focus right, David. But every single time he comes to me, it's so that it will be better. And it's for my better. And I'm here to tell you, it's for your better. Now, if I can say one other thing from a pastor's heart. None of us here is perfect. And you might know somebody who you think keeps stumbling their toe on the same stupid little thing time and time again. I'm here to tell you, take Philippians 1.6 and speak that over them. Speak that over them. Say, you know what? God started in you, and I'm confident that what he started, he's going to complete. I'm looking at the end product and I see somebody who's refined, who's doing what God says. Yeah, we might make mistakes and there might be some common things that we can work on, but I will not remove you. I'm, I'm here for you and I'm committed to you. Why? Because there's no perfect people. There isn't. You get close enough to me and I would probably drive you crazy. Don't ask my wife. God always is progressive. You close your eyes. 
I just want to speak something over you in closing. So if I could have every eye closed. First of all, if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, I want to give you an opportunity today. The life that I've been talking about here is an abundant life that Christ brings. So if you'd like to get to know him, I'll give you an opportunity right now. Just raise your hand and you will be accepted into his family. You are accepted. Hallelujah. Amen. Next thing I want to do is I just want to say these words over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. And may he be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Amen. God bless you. I'm confident that he who started in you will complete it until the day of Christ. God bless you. Have an amazing week.